Warrior Woman, welcome back to the Warrior School podcast. This is episode 238. 238, baby. We're coming into 240, uh, which is very cool. Maybe we'll try and reach 250 by the end of the year. Should I do another podcast sprint? Uh, we'll see. <laughs> there is, uh, There are loads of things going on uh, inside of Warrior School. But I'm not going to give you a long intro today because I have a guest. I have a guest for you today. This woman is wild, vibrant, smart, successful. She owns and runs her own biz. But more importantly, she is changing women's lives. She is helping women change their relationship with alcohol. She's helping them build a badass life beyond the bottle. My guest today is Jessica Jabolt. Jess and I bonded over our love for pushing ourselves in extreme conditions, aka <laughs> saunas and ice baths. We actually met uh, last summer, I think. So it's been over a year now at Tality Wellness, which is the uh, sauna and ice bath place that I've been going to for the past year or so. So it was a Sunday Arvi, Arvi, Arvo, Arvi, <laughs> for those in the north, uh, you don't know what that means. But for those in the south, uh, you, you totally know what that means. Arvi or Arvo means afternoon. So it was a Sunday afternoon and she was in the same session as me. And I was just drawn to her, uh, her energy, her vibrancy, uh, and just her, you could tell that she was very driven and quite disciplined. Uh, and we just, we just vibed, we just jammed it out uh, and really pushed each other in that Sunday afternoon session. So... And then I learned all about her business and what she does, which is so super cool. So Jess is the founder and creator of A Sober Girl's Guide. And A Sober Girl's Guide is a modern community and program for women who want to change their relationship with alcohol. The community was inspired from Jess's own story, her own health and sobriety journey. And it helps women explore and define their relationship with alcohol. So in our conversation, we talk about how Jess went from being a DJ in the hottest LA nightclubs uh, to quitting booze, getting sober and starting a business. We talk about uh, you know, our relationship with alcohol and why so many women have an unhealthy relationship with it. I really enjoyed this conversation. The work that Jess is doing is so important. You know that I'm obsessed with relationships and how we relate to things. And one of the, the things that I really see in my work is that we don't have a powerful relationship with alcohol and alcohol uh, isn't helping us get where we want to go. Alcohol is not helping us get more energy, build insane strength and create the body that we love. And it's one of the hardest things that I see in my work for some women to really change their relationship with. And so I hope uh, if you, 
you know, have struggled with your relationship with alcohol and if you feel like, you know, it's, it's a coping mechanism and you don't have a powerful relationship with it, that you want to you want to define it, you want to explore your relationship with it, and you want to change your relationship with it, this podcast step is for you. This conversation is for you. And then I highly recommend that you go and check out Jess's work, her community. Uh, Go and click on the link in the show notes, A Sober Girl's Guide. Follow her on Instagram. She also has a very cool, amazing podcast where she interviews Uh, badass women who are trying to change their relationship with alcohol so they can build this badass life beyond the bottle. Okay, warrior, enjoy this conversation with Jessica Jabolt on a modern approach for changing a relationship with alcohol, how to build a badass life beyond the bottle. Okay, We're alive. Jess, welcome to the Warrior School podcast. Ooh, I love that name. The Warrior School. That's so badass. I feel badass just for being here. (laughs) Yes, you are a warrior. Uh, Jess and I met, I'm going to say it was last year, last year or the start of this year. It was in wintertime, around wintertime, yeah. wasn't it? Last year. It had to be at least a, like last year. Yeah. If actually, not before. Might... Yeah. It might yeah. have been actually in summertime that we met. End of summer going into winter. Yeah. I'm... There is no fall here. It just goes right into winter. <laughs> just really likes to shock you. Well, I'm just like picturing us in the uh, ice tubs and I'm trying mm-hmm. to remember if it was really sunny and warm and I'm pretty sure it was. Yeah, but it was, yeah, it was like a crisp, chilly sun. So on on the like precipice of ending summer, I feel like. Maybe yes. that's just how I remember it. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Well, Jess and I met yeah. at Tality, which is the sauna and ice bath place. Yes. And we were doing a session together. And then we've done a couple of sessions together, but I haven't seen you there for a while. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I've been slacking. I also haven't been as much. I was going a lot last winter and then yeah. this summer. I haven't done as much. I was noticing that on top of like my training, doing that was creating a bit too much stress on my body. And my my recovery wasn't that great. Like my HRV and my sleep was getting a little bit affected just because of the amount I was doing and on top of my training. That's what I noticed too. Like I was stressing my body out too much, like physically like that. Um, Actually, I think the last time I went to Tality, I did almost pass out and one of the guys actually had to like catch me and carry me over to the fire and like it was really scary because I've never had that I'm like you know with my body I'm always like go 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 like you can take more you can take more like almost to the point of like bullying myself into pushing myself and then nope no way, man. Game over. That was scary. <laughs> so yeah, I haven't been to Tality since. I think maybe my ego <laughs> is like, mm. 
Let's take a break. There is, uh, it's, there's this balance between like demanding more of yourself, but also respecting yourself. Like you can be yeah. a bit of a bully to yourself, but also not too much of a bully because that's not a nice thing to do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think that, that, that balance between like, yes, putting a little pressure on yourself, you know, like that good form of stress. Cause there is a good form of stress. Like that's where things get done. Right. When people have deadlines, when people, um, have certain just requirements to meet right like some that is to a degree like a healthy stress but that healthy stress is not constant and I think that's the difference um we shouldn't be in a constant state of stress and in my case bullying myself (laughs) I've um never heard it framed up or phrased like that but I quite Mm. I quite like that because that's what happens I think for a lot of people a lot of women they bully themselves a lot (laughs) yeah yeah and I think actually like kind of remembering back to that day where I did kind of pass out I was in full competition mode I wasn't even doing it for myself which is like so disappointing I think to me because like I wasn't even enjoying the competition with myself um I was doing it to show off to these like dudes which I like who cares right but I just felt like I was just on one that day and I'm like you know what like I'm gonna just show them (laughs) and like I, yeah, like when when I go to Talladega or when I go cold plunging and stuff, like it's for me, right? It's for me to push my body, my mind. Um, it one thousand percent was not that that day, and that's kind of that's a bummer. Yeah, yeah, and I think that happens a lot with all areas of our life. Like I think yeah. about the, the training and the body side of things. I even think about the business side of things. Like sometimes we get so caught up in comparison and competition and I'm all for mm-hmm. like, you know, I believe competition to a certain extent is really healthy and great. And we're kind of born to like, you know, be a part of competition. And also I think if yeah. we're comparing and it's inspiring us, that that's a good thing. But I think we get caught up and wrapped up in your example that you gave was just so great. It's like, actually, I do this thing for myself, but I found myself actually pushing beyond or bullying my mind and my body Mm -hmm. into doing something that wasn't really serving me, but I was doing it to serve like, you know, the the ego or, you know, the bully part of my brain that wanted to show these people, hey, I am a badass bitch. Yeah. Like, I can hang with the boys, too, you know? It was almost, like, out of spite. Like, like, and that's a that's a really kind of, like, shitty vibe to be in. It's just not a cool vibe to be in. It doesn't feel good for, for anyone, really. Nope. Lesson learned. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so that's where we met. We met yes. Cold Plungeon and Sonnering. Yeah. yeah. But Jess actually does some really cool work. She has a really cool business. And I wanted to get her on the podcast to talk about a modern approach to changing your relationship with alcohol. 
So Jess, I have this thing where a long time ago, I heard a Steve Jobs uh, commencement speech where he spoke about the dots. You can always look back and connect your dots, but you can't look forward. So when I have a guest on the podcast, I always love to start with what do you do now? Like what, what is your work? What's the business? What does it look like now? And then I love to go back and I love to connect some key dots, which really just is your, is your story that led Mm -hmm. you to the work that you do today. Can we like ride that journey together? Cool. Yeah. I love that. You're basically like reverse engineering how you got to where you are today, which ironically is kind of part of like the work that I do in my business, you know, kind of like reverse engineer from like where you want to be. And then, yeah, anyways, go back. <laughs> um, yes. My answer is yes. Let's go for it. I would love to, um, yeah, I guess connect the dots. Okay. Well, what do you do? <laughs> that is a great question. And I've been trying to figure it out for a couple years now. Um, in short, I basically help women change their relationship with alcohol. Um, and so what that means to me is we all have a relationship with alcohol. Well, we all have relationships with variable things in our lives, right? Um, through my personal experience, my relationship with alcohol to my surprise, was not healthy. (laughs) And I basically help women who do not have a healthy relationship with alcohol change that into a healthy relationship with alcohol, whatever that kind of looks like, whether that's moderation for them, whether that's like completely removing alcohol from their lives. Um, Yeah, we meet you where you're at and we take you to where you want to go. Talk about how you do that. Like, do you do that through, like, you have a business? What's the business called? Like, how's it set up? How's it structured? Is it through coaching? Yeah. So it's called a Sober Girls Guide. um, And we have variable, various coaching opportunities. So we have, like, starting off kind of, I would say, like, as the the base or, like, kind of, if you want to dip your toe into changing your relationship with alcohol. I would suggest the Sober Girl Social Club, which is a membership. It's a monthly membership. And you have support circles that are live on Zoom with absolutely amazing, like incredible coaches. They are so much better of a coach than I could ever be. And I'm so proud that they're on our team. And um, they're just really, really fantastic women who themselves have gone through this journey as well. Um, So you're in in such good company uh, when making this change. Um, They know exactly where you are, where you want to go, what you're going through. They've been there. Um, So the Sober Girl Social Club is, like I said, kind of dipping your toe in into the whole changing, the whole change movement. Um, And then I also have a group coaching, which is, again, run by our coaches, and that is definitely more, it's like building us really solid foundation to changing your relationship with alcohol. So it's giving you like the blueprint, it's giving you the foundations 
Um, definitely super heavy on accountability, super heavy on structure. Um, and then we also offer one-on-one coaches, one-on-one coaching with our coaches. So different, you know, couple different tiers, different options. You know, people have different schedules. We have women who are literally around the world. So we have different time zones. Um, you know, I just wanted this to be accessible. I wanted coaching and a community and having this accountability and structure, which are so important when you're implementing any change. Um, but I just wanted that community to always be present for any woman who is like at any stage of their journey in any part of the world. And I think we've done a really good job at that. So epic. <laughs> Since I met you, I've been following your work and it's like this global badass movement full of like these very cool women that are doing the work to change a relationship that isn't easy to change. Like you yeah. said, change change isn't easy. And then if we think about how we relate to something, uh, mm. that, you know, and that's what I want to talk about today. Before we dive into like how you approach it, like how do you start to, you know, work when you're working with a woman, how do you help her start to change that relationship? I want to hear a little bit about your story. Can we go back and connect the dots as to you know, how you got to where you were today and how you built this business and this global community of women? Yeah. Um, first of all, I, I want to just say point blank. I never in a million years thought that I would A, be sober and B, have a business based around sobriety, basically. Like I, no, <laughs> I had no clue like I'm not the greatest business person or I wasn't in the past I've definitely had to learn this is a very huge learning experience but like just to give you some context I was living in LA and I was a DJ you know I was paid to party I was literally the exact opposite of what and who I am today which is kind of crazy <laughs> But also, like, I don't know. I wouldn't want it any other way, that's for sure. So, yeah, I was living in L.A. I was a full-time DJ. I DJed at, like, all the hottest clubs in L.A. Um, I was also a traveling DJ, so I would go to Vegas. Um, I would go to Palm Springs. I would go to, like, Europe. I've been, like, Germany, Mallorca. London, yeah, like all all over the world, DJing. Um, so I like to say that I personally um, really overuse my drinking privileges. I, <laughs> uh, you know, I I drink a lot because why not? It was free. It was readily available. Um, it was par for the course. It was literally part of my job. You know, it was weird when I wouldn't be drinking. You know, I'm kind of like the controller of the vibes of the whole club. 
you know, I, I literally have to be on those people's level. So, um, yeah, I definitely overuse those privileges. Um, I definitely got in, you know, it wasn't just alcohol. It was definitely drugs as well. Um, and it was fine. It was all fun. And, you know, it all sounded like a good time until it wasn't. Um, I ended up having like extreme bouts of like anxiety attacks. Um, like so bad. I don't know if you've ever experienced anxiety or have had like anxiety attacks, but like literally it feels like your skin is crawling. It feels like your tummy is just churning and like you want to just stuff yourself with like bread or carbs or anything to kind of slow down yourself. You know, it's not only is it your mind, like my anxiety gets very, very physical and it's very debilitating um, to the point where like I couldn't stand in front of the mixer for literally three seconds, like to change a song without like just like shaking or like literally, like I said, I wanted to crawl out of my own skin. It was like I was trying to escape myself. And looking back at it, you know, I say, oh, life wasn't so bad. It was like fun until it wasn't. But, you know, hindsight is twenty twenty. When you when you look back at like your life and you're like, oh, yeah, well, I did that. And I did this. And like, you know, I had a lot of pretty shitty things that I've done. You know, a lot of like just really immature behavior, hurt a lot of people, hurt myself. Um, I But I never did anything like super drastic. Like I never got a DUI, thank the Lord. Um, I never, you know, was in a car accident. I never killed anyone. Thank you. Um, but it was just really unnecessary drama in my life. And I was kind of addicted to the drama, you know, like what was next? You know, waking up every morning, like, what did I text or what did I say or what did I do at the club? Like, what did I, oh, and it was always horrible. Like, it was never something like positive or like great. And then I turn around and be like, well, I don't understand why I'm not like as successful as I want to be. I'm not, I don't understand why I don't have this, that and the other. I don't understand why I don't have a like healthy, loving relationship. Duh you're not healthy. You are literally the first thing from being healthy. <laughs> um, I mean, you, you get, you get this when you kind of remove yourself from the situation. You're like, oh, okay. That all makes sense. <laughs> yeah, you're right. It wasn't all fun and games. Okay, cool. Um, so yeah, I, my anxiety literally was telling me like, telling my body like this needs to stop like this needs to stop and I really think we we get signs you know first of all they're little nudges like hey pal don't do that you know like little friendly little you know taps and then the taps progress into like straight up like drop kicks to the crotch and that's what was happening, right? It was like, hmm, okay, like you're not listening. You're still not listening. And I, I do call myself a slow learner, but like I am naturally blonde. So there's that. But 
come on, like this is undeniable. Like I literally could not function. I could not go to work. Um, and I quickly realized, you know, if I can't go to work, you know, I was DJing and I was the only person, you know, to rely on. I was the only person who was there to pay my bills. And I lived in LA, you know, I had a had a car, had a new car, had all these like responsibilities, right? And if I couldn't go to work, none of that was getting taken care of. And I could see I'm like, oh, this is how easily and quickly things can take a turn for the worst. And I'm so lucky that that didn't happen for me and that I, um, that I listened to that drop kick. <laughs> um, and I literally, like, I remember this so vividly, like sitting at my kitchen table. And I would write, I wrote out and I'm like, what do I actually enjoy in my life? And what am I actually like actively doing? Like during my days, during my weeks, during my months. It was so depressing, like to see everything that I was not doing and what I was doing was just sitting around waiting to go to work to a job that guess what I didn't freaking like I didn't even enjoy DJing it sounded great it looked great on paper it was super impressive everyone thought it was so cool um but I didn't like it it wasn't for me like it just wasn't uh, yeah it just wasn't um doing it for me anymore and I kept fighting that and I look kept looking at this piece of paper and I'm like okay I live like 30 minutes from the beach I love the beach I love being near water like I that's almost a necessity for me how often do I go to the beach maybe once a month like just these like simple little things that that I know could make my life so much better and so much more interesting and just more joyful and it's almost like I was punishing myself by not doing them <laughs> um so as you can tell that inner bully is quite strong <laughs> quite loud um and was definitely ex like very ignored when I was drinking I don't even think that I don't even think I could hear any of that and that was kind of the point right that's the point of drinking is like so you don't have to feel hear that bully you don't have to feel that like pressure that stress um and i think what's really powerful with drinking is that we drink you know an unhealthy relationship with alcohol we drink to fill these needs and voids and wants in our lives and unfortunately alcohol fills a couple of them not just one, not just two, but it can check a lot of wants and needs off of the list. And that makes it very powerful. It's a very strong relationship and bond that we have with alcohol. And that's why it is a relationship, you know, and I, I, 
I always hear people and you read things like on the news. The news loves to do this. They love to throw numbers at you and scare you. And, you know, uh, we could talk about numbers and statistics till the cows come home. But guess what? Those numbers and statistics are going to go in one ear and out the other because your relationship with alcohol is emotional. It's not based in logic. It's not based in numbers. If it was, it would be like, okay, cool, done, changed. Guess what? We changed that relationship. But it's not. It's emotional. And it has legs. It's deep. It's like an iceberg almost, right? Like you see the the iceberg above the water, but you don't see the iceberg, how deep and vast and just large it is underneath the surface. And that's exactly what your relationship with alcohol is like. Um, anyways, back to my story. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I kind of did this. I went through my life with this fine tooth comb. And I'm like, I am literally doing nothing in my life that I enjoy. No wonder I'm anxious. No wonder I'm depressed. And I think even admitting to myself because like, like I said, I kept saying on paper, my life looked great. It looked so exciting. I lived in LA. I lived in like West Hollywood, the coolest part of LA. I didn't just live in LA. I lived in the heart of it. I was a DJ. I wasn't just a DJ. I was a DJ at all the hottest clubs. Like everything was so heightened, right? Um, and it just, I got the attention that I wanted. And needed actually I got that validation and so it was really hard to actually look at my life and be like oh yes I'm getting the validation but I'm so depressed <laughs> I'm so like this so isn't me and I'm like I just kept saying I'm like this is it like is this it for my life and I remember talking to my friend I'm like this can't just be it like this can't be the rest of my life and she's like what are you talking about like you have such a great life like you're doing this that and the other I'm like yeah but I don't want to and it doesn't matter what you're doing if you don't want to be there or if you're just doing it for money I'm gonna tell you right now that is a surefire way to be extremely depressed and so I kind of figured, I'm like, okay, like I definitely need to change my relationship with alcohol. Like that needs to go. I, like I, like you said, you know, connecting the dots, I kind of reverse engineered my life. So I kind of was like looking at my life. I'm like, okay, we're here. We are at our current state. And where do I want to be? How do I want to feel in my life? And when I kind of like came up with these like equations or actions from where I am today and where I want to be, within those equations, alcohol did not exist. It just actually eliminated itself because there's no way that I could wake up feeling like happy and proud of myself. I don't even want to say happy, but like just proud and content with myself if I was drinking. It's just, just wasn't where I was at. It wasn't going to bring the results that I wanted. And it hasn't for seven years. 
So I think I'm on to something. <laughs> I think I kind of like this thing. I think I'm going to keep it up. So, yeah. And then I just kind of figured out what I wanted. Like, where, what I, and I, I guess not really what I wanted because it's really hard to imagine what you want if you've never actually seen it before or you've never actually experienced before. And it's really hard to just, it feels almost like a pipe dream, right? Like you're just like, but I just kind of kept holding on to like how I wanted to feel and led with that. Lots of tears, trials, and tribulations. Here we are. <laughs> I've got so many questions. Go. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I've, I've taken a couple of notes, so I remember all of my questions. Okay. <laughs> okay. I think the first one is I'd love to hear, like, what, what is sobriety really like? Like, what was that like mm. for you, that transition from, you know, I guess my first question was how long were you in that for the, the DJ and the drinking? Like, are we talking a year, years? And then the second mm. part to the, I guess, to the question of the story is what were those like first steps for you like? Uh, and like what is sobriety from what I'm hearing from your story? It's been seven years since you have had an alcoholic drink. I'd love just to hear, yeah, what sobriety is really like from your perspective and how those initial, I guess, you know, months or the first year or so are transitioning into not drinking. And then maybe we could tie that into with all the women that you work with like what does that no actually before we dive into that i think there's something that we we need to speak about which is this idea of the relationship with alcohol so what is a standard drink for a female and because a lot of us like you said jess we're going off these numbers or these stats right and so we're yeah. told okay a standard drink is this and then the mind has this idea of oh okay so like I maybe just want to have standard drinks or I know that I go over the standard drinks or I stay under the standard drinks. But what mm -hmm. that's uh, not highlighting is the relationship that we actually have with the alcohol. So it doesn't matter if you have one drink or you have 10 drinks, it's why are you drinking in the first place and what's the relationship yeah. like to it? So could we just speak a little bit about the stats or the numbers, what a standard drink is? And then uh, can you I talk even to know. that? Oh, okay. Right. I honestly don't know. I, I, I think like, like I said, going by stats is so it's so overgeneralized. And I think the question that we should be asking, like, I think a lot of women are asking like, am I an alcoholic? Right. Cause that's like, that's like the, the buzzword, right. Or that's how you're either a drinker or an alcoholic or you're sober like that 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 seems to be the the labels that people are going for or have been introduced to and i think the alcoholic label and i think it's a little problematic because i wouldn't consider myself an alcoholic i definitely didn't have 
um, a healthy relationship with alcohol. And I, I think there is a healthy relationship with alcohol. I think it's all what you prescribe that to be. I, I think getting caught up in like, you know, what Health Canada says or what, you know, whatever, wherever you are in the world, what your government says to you or what dictates what is healthy and what isn't. I think more importantly, you should be asking yourself, like, how does this make me feel? Because I could literally have a glass of wine and feel so incredibly guilty. Like, where does that, that feeling doesn't just come or manifest out of nowhere. I felt guilty because I knew, like, drinking just wasn't helping me. It wasn't doing anything for my life. If anything, it was hindering my life big time. And even just one drink was me abandoning myself and abandoning like what I truly needed and wanted. So I don't, I don't know. I don't like to say, I don't love to put labels and no one should ever be labeling you other than you. And no one should be telling you what is healthy for you and, and what isn't healthy for you. I think, um, (laughs) Everyone likes to label and give their opinion on everyone, which is just how 2023 is rolling, but right on. Um, But this is all about coming back to yourself. You are the expert in you. So fuck the numbers. Sorry, I don't know if we can swear. Yeah, you can swear. Okay, so I guess what I'm thinking is, okay, if the thought or the story is, or the question that's going on in the mind is, Mm -hmm. am I drinking too much or am I an alcoholic or do I have a problem? Or maybe we're not even thinking that at all. And we're just like avoiding the fact that we're using alcohol as a tool to manage our stress and numb ourselves. And so I, I guess what I'm really interested in, in understanding is how do you help a woman unwrap that, that, I don't. You know, where do you begin with the relationship with alcohol? I don't. I I don't help them at, at all. Again, my like to to get customers or like you know get clients. I am not in the business of telling you what you should and shouldn't do. They come to me already knowing that, okay. and I think everyone, you know. You know, if you have to ask, if you have to Google, am I an alcoholic? Anyone with a healthy relationship with al- to alcohol would never Google that. They just wouldn't. Or they, that, that thought wouldn't cross their mind. And so I don't, that isn't part of my job. People come to me like knowing or having an inkling like, hey, this doesn't feel good. This isn't working out for me. What do I do now? I would never want to coach someone who isn't willing. That's the whole premise of coaching. That's like, you know, you you having a client who doesn't want to train or doesn't want to lift weights. What the hell are we doing here then? You know, I, it's not my job to sit here and convince you to do something good for yourself. Yeah. So when <laughs> when those thoughts or those questions come into the mind, yeah. 
the either consciously or unconsciously like there's an awareness there that the relationship to the thing may not yeah. be the way that we may not be serving us or might not be helpful or, or might not be working for us that's kind of what I'm trying to okay. trying to to get at because I think on the training and the nutrition side of things that's kind of how it comes to fruition is that we're ha we have a problem which is yeah maybe we have a disordered relationship with food or we don't know how to nourish ourselves or we can feel confused or overwhelmed when it comes to like food and what to eat the same mm -hmm. thing with training maybe we don't feel comfortable or confident in our body or we feel weak we're in pain so all of these thoughts are in the mind yeah. and so then we want help with the pro like we want help with the relationship or with the problem or and so that's when they're entering your your world which is they're aware right. or they want to change their relationship with alcohol am i hearing that correctly yeah i mean they they already it's already brought to their attention or you know it's it's more than just in their subconscious right so they're either Googling or they're on Instagram and they're looking at like sober hashtags or looking up like, you know, things about sobriety. We know, we know so much about ourselves. We've been like so conditioned just to like stuff these feelings, stuff these thoughts away. Um, and you'll get back, you'll get back to it, you know, next time or next week or tomorrow. Um, but we know, and you, and so does your search history. <laughs> yeah, so you know? does your Google history, yeah. Right, and so does the algorithm. I mean, like people wanna like talk shit about the algorithm. I think it's like the best thing. Like that's like true, like that's things that you're actually looking for. These are things that you probably said, like your phone is listening to you. You know, in this case, it could be doing you a solid and like helping you find a healthier relationship with alcohol that actually doesn't involve alcohol and change your life. Thanks. Okay, well, yeah. <laughs> it's kind of, um, uh, gently nudging that those gentle nudges leaning you sure. into like, yeah. Uh, okay. Jess, I have a question yeah. for you. How do we know if we have a healthy or unhealthy relationship with alcohol? I mean, like I said, everyone, especially women, are quite in, in tune with their intuition. You know if something's right or wrong in your body. It, it's just going to either take time for you to take action on it or to actually you know, acknowledge those feelings, you know, like even with like anxiety and depression, I fought those off for so long. I didn't want to admit it. I didn't want to even think about it. It's fine. Everything's fine. You know, push that thought out of my head, have a drink. But sooner or later, life is going to catch up to you. You can run, but you can't hide. So, you know, I, and everyone has their threshold. You know, I'm not going to sit here and be like, Everyone needs to like change or like figure their shit out now, today. That's what we're doing. Like, no. <laughs> Everyone has their own time. Everyone has their own journey. Um, if it's truly an issue for you, it'll come up. It'll show, it'll, like I said, it'll nudge you and then it'll turn into a drop kick in the crotch. So that's what you have to so look forward to. 
<laughs> what you're, yeah, what you're, what I'm hearing is those nudges and those drop kicks look a yeah. little different for everyone. Like every totally. woman, they'll come yeah. on and they'll, and then we know, like from your own experience and from now working with and helping so many women within this space, we know if we have a healthy or unhealthy relationship with it. Like we do truly yeah. know. It, it just is going to take time for us to then work on that relationship or acknowledge that relationship. Yeah. I think the biggest thing is, and this is, you know, part and parcel for all change. The first thing you you need to acknowledge is that you're wrong. What you've been doing is not working. Right. So essentially you need to admit to yourself that you're wrong. And that's really hard for a lot of people to do. Like really hard. And a lot of, um, a lot of thoughts and emotions come up with the, (laughs) with even thinking about that you're wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. A lot of pushback, like lots of defensiveness, you know, rationalizing justifying you know we go into full-on defensive mode because no one wants to be wrong guess what i fucking love being wrong i love it i actually hate when i'm right because usually when i'm right i want to be wrong i really want to be wrong because my intuition is so good and so strong and everyone's every woman's intuition is so strong and so good like you know you know when you know and if you keep fighting that and you keep denying that it's only going to give you like i said nudges are going to turn into drop kicks okay so once we know and we're yeah. aware what what I see a lot in my work is that women don't have the tools or the confidence then to be able to change the relationship or to do the training or to get, you know, create the body that they love or to get stronger. So from what yeah. I'm hearing is once we know that our relationship with alcohol isn't helpful, maybe isn't healthy for us, isn't serving us, we know that we want to feel a certain way or we want to have a different relationship with alcohol what is the next step in that because a lot of women aren't going to feel like they are resourced or have the tools or even have the confidence to change that relationship is this where your work and the work of your coaches comes in are you helping women uh you know, by, by providing tools and resources and helping them feel more confident that they can change their relationship with alcohol? Absolutely. Right. So, you know, once you make that realization, right, you admit like, oh, hey, actually this needs to change. And what I've been doing for maybe 20 years of drinking myself, you know, or having a drink every night, again, whatever your relationship looks like if it's not working for you the next step is action right we want to take action we want to remedy this situation what do we do and like you said a lot of people don't know okay well what do i do and i find especially when you're changing your relationship with alcohol it's very isolating again like i said alcohol fits very 
a lot of needs and wants. And one of those needs and wants is socialization with your partner, with your friends, colleagues. It has a huge social component. And that personally is what I was missing. Um, it was very isolating. I felt like an alien. I literally felt like I was the only one. Um, I got teased, like just ridiculed. It sucked. Like it was just really hard. And so I, you know, community is a huge, huge piece in that puzzle. Right. And so that's exactly what all of our programs are based in, are like rooted in community because it's so powerful. You know, even if like you look at like challenges or weight loss challenges and like doing it with a group of people, it's so much more powerful and way more effective because you're all in this together. Right. And that's exactly how our community is. Our community is so warm and welcoming and just badass women who are doing the things who are showing up who you know are having little sip ups and showing right back up anyways and telling everyone about, about it telling them what they learned and in turn by by your group members and your community learning and sharing their learnings it also helps you to even articulate what you're going through and what you're experiencing and then helps you to learn as well you know, like we're all, we're all one. We might be in different places of, of the world in different time zones, but all of our thoughts and feelings around alcohol are the same. And that is so powerful. So yeah, I would say that you're, you're right. Like the next step is to take action. Before we talk about what that looks like, uh, when you, I'm just interested in, in your kind of looping back around to my original question. Did you just completely stop drinking or did you have an approach where you slowly phased it out? Uh, what, like, how did you come to realize that it wasn't something that you even wanted in your life in moderation or social situations? And then how did you overcome the, the isolating kind of uh, feelings or experience around, because I imagine at that time in your world, like you said, you're an alien. It's like, what do you, even yeah. today, yeah, like even yeah. today, if you don't drink, you are a weird person. It's like, because I don't, I don't drink at all. And yeah. in any social situation, it's kind of, it's, it's a bit weird to see someone who doesn't drink at all. People are not really sure what to do with I, it. So I like it. I think I've embraced being the alien. Like, you know how I talked about, um, you know, getting that attention and validation from having this like DJ career. I kind of like, I guess, the shock factor that I'm sober. And I've like built this amazing community around being a weirdo <laughs> essentially you know like really embracing my my weirdness yeah and I love that Jess yeah I yeah I think it's so easy like you said to like shy away and be like oh like it's weird it's rare but also I'm like yeah it's weird it's rare like it depends on how you enunciate it right <laughs> 
Yeah, I agree yeah. with you. I actually look and I'm saying there's no like right or wrong. It's whatever works for anyone. And like, it's yeah. your relationship, but I actually get a little like kick out of, or I get a bit little turned on that I, I have been the alien for a long time. And I'm actually really proud yeah. that I have such a strong relationship to the, to that. And the fact that it doesn't serve me in any way. And I don't like the way that it tastes. I don't like the way that I feel when I drink alcohol. And I, yeah, I've really enjoyed standing in a room. And I think there's a confidence that kind of comes when you can declare something like that and you're not being shaken by the culture or by society or by your friends um, yeah, and ballsy. peer pressured into doing something. It is. It's ballsy. You're like, yeah. damn. That's like, it's cool. I, I mean, that's, wow. You want to talk about a warrior? That's like the definition, right? Like standing up, going against the grain, you know, standing in the line of fire. That's a warrior, man. Yeah. <laughs> so talk to me about how do you start the work? Like how does someone start their you know, the, their alcohol-free journey or like what does the work actually look like that you do inside of inside of the biz? Um, a lot of crying. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I mean, I, I, listen, I'm not going to lie. Like this is, like I said, your relationship to alcohol is emotional. You know, it's this this relationship has legs. And I think like, your other question, like, did I just stop like cold turkey? Did I just wake up all of a sudden and be like, that's it? No. I think like looking back at it, if you really want to connect some serious dots, let's go. Um, everyone that I dated from like when I was 18 years old was always a really hardcore drinker and hardcore into drugs. Those were the type of people I was attracting. You know how they say water seeks its own level. That's what I was going for. You know, um, I was always attracted to the drama. I always, you know, I always kind of knew, you know, and I would, I would go in and out of AA, you know, even when I was in my 20s, just to kind of like test the waters or see if anything had changed um and I would take breaks like I would try and go a week or I remember I would I would even try and DJ one night like this is how red flag um I would try and not drink for one night and I remember the lighting guy behind me he's like okay so you're not gonna drink tonight right and I'm like I mean, yeah, but like maybe later, like I'll just have like a Corona or something. He's like, he's like, no, 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 you can do it. It's just one night. Like you can DJ and be fine, sober. And I'm like, I don't actually think I can. I actually don't think I can do it. I don't know if I want to do it. Um, and I'm just like, and I could just remember his face and he's like, it's one night. It's one night. And I'm like, yeah, it's one night. Yeah. It's a long night. Again, depends on what you enunciate, right? Like, <laughs> so no, 
I didn't just wake up, have this like, oh my God, this is a brilliant idea that I have out of thin air. Absolutely not. I think this, I, this idea had maybe been baking for probably 10 years. That's a long time. Like I said, I am a slow learner. I really like to give things a good go, really bully myself into situations. I think all humans, are, I think humans are slow learners, Jeff, really. Yeah. I think it takes us a really long time to marinate in something and to work through our shit and like really yeah. figure our stuff out. So, yeah. Right. And especially, you know, if this one thing is giving you multiple payoffs, right? Filling multiple voids in your life. That's really scary to be like, actually, okay, no, I'm not going to do this. So then in turn, I'm not going to have this, that, the other, and this other thing. That's a lot of loss. And if you, like, you know, I think we all have abandonment wounds in general. And so that's what it feels like. It feels like a really big loss. And that is a, that's kind of the, the basic theme when you're starting out. It feels like loss. And it's going to feel like loss for a couple months because you're integrating, right? Like all of these parts, all of these pieces of you, good, bad, the ugly are coming kind of to the light of day that haven't been able to like come through because you've been drinking. Maybe you've been stuffing these feelings, these emotions, these sides of you. We all have different parts of ourselves that um, are not ideal and we like to just hide away, you know? Um, and drinking does a really good job at hiding those, place, those little pieces. Um, so yeah, it feels like a lot of loss and a lot like it feels like almost like you're in an upside down world like okay what is real what is true and it just takes time it just takes time to integrate and to recalibrate your body no matter how much you are drinking or how little you were drinking if you're doing something consistently it's still consistently in your body it's still a habit and it's just going to take time So yeah, lots of tears, <laughs> lots of crying, <laughs> lots of tears, lots of yeah. crying, a sense of like grieving or loss yeah. of something that, you know, totally maybe has natural. Yeah, kept us safe or armored up or um, yeah. numbed, you know, certain, uh, certain things. Then is it about just like what are some of the tools or how do you build confidence in women to, to slowly change their relationship with, with um, alcohol? So, for example, when it comes to the training, you know, I definitely agree like having a plan or a strategy, having someone to support you and lead you through that, you know, yeah. then, you know, training is very like, yeah, we're going to learn how to like train in a way that really supports you and where you're at and builds a strong foundation. I'm really fascinated to hear yeah. how does that look like when it comes to the relationship with alcohol? Are you just, are you helping women like when they want to have a drink? Is it like awareness and like 
you know, working through certain things in their mind or trying to change, mm-hmm. like help them change the habit or the behavior or like what are some of the tools that you help them with to, to build their confidence? Yeah, I think definitely bringing awareness is key. Like it's huge. We are so on autopilot like 90% of our day, 90% of our lives. So even taking, like just slowing down, taking a little space in between like these knee-jerk reactions that we've created, right? A lot of people, it's five o'clock, I got to make dinner. If I'm having, if I'm making dinner, I'm going to have a glass of wine because, oh, because I've never thought about anything different. Oh, okay. Uh, we also have, you know, a lot of our support circles at at those times and those like opportunities when, you know, you might want to reach for a drink or or you know happy hour times or afternoons. You know, like that four o'clock. A lot of people are working from home. Like I could just like slide in and sneak a little drink here or there but like we have these support circles set up to interrupt those patterns so I find that really important but yeah I think really just slowing down and being like wait do I need this why am I reaching for this what is coming up you know am I in a social situation where I'm feeling nervous, I'm having a little social anxiety, I don't know what to talk about, I don't know what to do with my hands, Uh, you know, great, reach for a drink because that's the easy button. Let's breathe between that easy, hitting that easy button, you know, and and I think that's where a lot of this self-awareness is built, and then when, you know, when we know better, we can do better. So, yeah. Yeah. I love that. I do love that line. When we know better, we do better. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we only know what we know. It's like silly to think, first of all, that we even know everything. That's ridiculous. We're not Google. And, you know, we're going to have different chapters and different seasons in our lives. And that's going to require a different part of us. And that part of us maybe needs to be educated in different areas about ourselves yeah I like that you brought up there are you know what's the what's the pattern or the catalyst for the behavior so it being five o'clock it being making dinner it I've just put the kids down to bed uh it being a social situation going to dinner with friends or going out somewhere it's like where is the behavior happening? Like what's the catalyst for it? And it's not even about like that's bad, that's right or wrong. It's just like, okay, let's just get an understanding of what's actually happening here. Let's bring an awareness to it. Let's have an idea of what's the catalyst for the behavior. And then I would say the next piece is like, can I like just stop for a second? And can I create, okay, it's five o'clock. I have this urge inside of me, this pattern or this behavior, uh, or even it's like for a lot of women I work with, it's a reward. Like it's a reward for getting through the day. And totally. 
like in it, like we could just kind of say, well, like, how are you actually living that that needs to be the reward? And that could come through overexercise or overeating or, yeah. you know, I'm talking about any behavior, any behavior, we can have an unhealthy relationship to that thing. But for a totally. lot of women I work with, it's a reward. It's a reward for getting through the day. Um, and it yeah. helps them manage their stress uh, in the short yeah, term anyway. Think about that. Like we're also doing all the things. Like burnout is absolutely there. You know, micromanaging mm, could be uh, a, a situation there. But like we're literally have we have so much responsibility. We have to be on. We have to be sharp. We have to be this, that, and the other, harder, better, faster, stronger, you know, of course, looking at something that like completely numbs you out and slows you down when you're going and running so freaking fast, of course, that's a reward. Of course. But you can also slow down in healthier ways and not need it so often like there's preventative things to also do where you don't have to like completely shut your brain off you know it's a pressure pressure cooker situation like how can we almost alleviate getting to that pressure cooker point right like what steps because it's always it's not just like oh my god all of a sudden like i'm super stressed no it's a snowball effect you know, we can handle a lot. We, we can really push that tipping point. Do we need to? No. But we don't slow down enough to realize, hey, oh my God, this is getting to be too much. And then I just need to just like completely shut off. You know, mm. we're going so hard, so fast, so strong for so long that we need to like cut ourselves out. And that's a reward. Yeah. And then because it ties in so much to like our our actual health on like a physiology biomarker oh, yeah. level that that it, it just adds this extra layer that, you know, maybe something else that we don't have the best relationship with, which obviously we need to do the work on that as well. But yeah. unfortunately it just plays into that the physiology and the stress of the body and the quality of the sleep and the fogginess and the hormonal side of things so much that then it kind of exacerbates the whole problem of like the burnout and the low energy and the nervous system not you know being super strong but yep. still leaning into it to use it because in the moment it does bring this this down regulation and almost this sedative effect on you to make to feel totally. calm but then the health consequences of that uh you know and again it it depends on how much you're drinking and how often but yeah the health consequences of that kind of just exacerbate um the, yeah. the feelings, yeah, that we're, you know, the burnout, the stress feelings that we're feeling that kind of lead us to the bottle in the first place. Yeah, I mean, it's like wiping your ass with a hoop. <laughs> I know it's like a really gross, like, analogy, but, like, it literally is. Like, you're never going to outrun this. If anything, 
you're gonna make it worse. I've never heard that saying before, and I'm Australian, so like <laughs> we have some pretty like weird juice, yeah, 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 and I've never heard that one. You can thank like, my mother I... for that one. <laughs> yep, just gives you an insight to my mother. Yeah, it's like wiping your ass with a hoop. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Just um, really simplifying it. <laughs> oh, Jess, man. I'd love you to just talk a bit about, you know, if a woman's out there, she's listening mm -hmm. and she feels like she doesn't have, you know, a healthy relationship with alcohol, uh, where could she, where does she begin? Like say in your world, uh, mm -hmm. the, the group coaching, or I know you have a podcast. Could you just talk about maybe trying to lead women into to the world of like where they could find more information or more support or what would be like a really cool first step for them? Totally. I think, yeah, kind of just hearing other people's stories is always helpful. Again, you're not alone and listening to the podcast and our guests talk about their journey and they're very open they're very candid um which is really helpful you know to others to to let them know that you're definitely not an alien in this in this situation um and then if you want to take some action i think definitely to dip your toe in would be with the sober girl social club is a fantastic first step get your kind of get your feet wet figure again see women in real time on our support on our support circles talking about um, their experiences and if you want like build up the courage to then even you know what I find a lot of the time a lot of women don't know how to even articulate what they're feeling or their thoughts and feelings around their relationship with alcohol and so it's hard to find the words. Like, what do you even say about it? Right. And so in listening and being a part of this community, you get the, the words you get, you know, you go like, oh, my God, she said this, that and the other. And that is totally me. That's exactly how I feel. Perfect. I know how to say it. I know how to express myself. And I think that's a really, really eye opening kind of first step. You know, again, like being part of the community and hearing other women just like you, you know, in the same, maybe in the same continent, in the same time zone, um, with the same issues. Yeah, I love that, Jess. It's two things come up for me. It's like, hey, I'm not the only one that has a dark side or a shadow side. That oh, part yeah. Of yeah, like, oh, look yeah. at all of these women and their like shadow dark sides that, you know, totally. that they have. And then, like you said, sometimes we don't have the language or the words or the, we don't understand the idea or the concept. We can't articulate it. And then hearing mm -hmm. someone or multiple stories and being able to be like, ah, oh, like I love that language or that idea around this. And it can help us be able to understand the relationship a bit better and or be able to talk about it uh which totally. yeah I like I love both of those things and I think community yeah. like you said at the start uh is so powerful and I find that in warrior school 
sharing the challenges, sharing the wins, like that is one of the most powerful things and why I always wanted like a group uh, element to the program is because you're not alone. Yeah. Like we, you maybe think that this is like, you just suck and you have the problem and it's hard. Like you're, there's so many other women out there that they also have these, you know, beliefs and these stories that play in their head and, like leaning on each other. And I've always said, fill your room and your table with other women, like women Mm -hmm. who are going through what you're going through, women who have done what you want to do, women who have healed their relationship with alcohol. you got to fill, jam, pack the room and the table with those women and then like listen, listen to their stories and share your story. I think it's, yeah, what you've created. I Mm -hmm. love the the layering to to the business that then you go and you go to the group program so what's the group program yeah Yeah, so the the uh, group coaching program is much more I don't want to scare anyone but it's it's a healthy dose of accountability and structure so it is a four-week program and it is a very small group we take up to eight women Um, So you get real, real cozy, real quick. Um, And a coach is is leading, of course, throughout that group coaching program. And then you have homework and exercises to complete. Um, You're also within a in a private group chat. So you literally have your group members at your fingertips, you know, to talk to to work things through, you know, stuff that maybe your husband doesn't understand great get on the group chat or your girlfriends still drink don't understand fantastic get on the group chat um so yeah and that's like we're literally giving you the foundations to then I really think that that good coaching is there we're there to work towards a goal but we're also there to teach you how to kind of soothe yourself almost So providing you with the tools and the exercises to then you put into practice, you know, our our coaching, our group coaching program is like our little like playground, our yard that we use to like test things out, right? And then from there out, you get to, you will have the knowledge and the skills to actually determine what you need and want and what works and what doesn't work for you. So you become in turn your own coach. And be, begin to self-soothe yourself. So, yeah, it's a little intense. <laughs> Again, lots of tears. But a really good time. Like, this is, like, something I have to say that women look forward to. They're not, like, dragging their heels to, like, oh, God, I got to go to another one of these calls. No. They're, like, I cannot wait to get on the call tonight. I can't wait to hear about this, that, and the other or share what I did this week. Like, yeah, it's a good time. We have a really good time. <laughs> oh, I believe it. I believe yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> totally. Uh, it's a party. The next, uh, the next layer to that is actually like one-on-one coaching. If someone needed more support, more accountability, yeah. more leadership, Yeah, definitely. And, you know, everyone has a busy schedule and maybe actually doesn't enjoy being in group situations and needs that one-on-one attention. Um, And one-on-one coaching is 
fabulous for that. And like I said, our coaches, so amazing. Like really, really amazing women. I'm really lucky. Yeah. And then you have the podcast. Podcast. Yep. Been going on, what, four years? Man, time flies when you're having fun. (laughs) That's really cool. Happy four years. Warrior School podcast reached four years this uh, year as well. I think four years is cool. That's so cool. Congratulations. So you do solo episodes and then you also get guests on that share their stories. Yeah, I mainly have guest episodes. Sometimes I'll throw a solo in there. Um, But yeah, I mean, there's so many other people that are much more interesting than me. And I don't like to talk about myself very much. (laughs) Well, proud of the girl who's been talking for an hour. Yeah, Yeah, that's right. Uh, And then you have just launched something pretty new into this world yeah yeah I'm really excited about um taking kind of like a whole different direction I mean not completely a direct different but um I've created this gummy line which is um gummies with adaptogens um because like I said before I definitely have anxiety um I don't ever really think it goes away we just figure out different ways to cope and manage um, with that, which is always a treat. Um, but I found that using ashwagandha really, really changed my anxiety. Like, oh my gosh, it was mind-blowing. Um, and so I am not a fan of pills at all. I, if, if I have to take pills, I'm going to tell you right now, they're not they're not being taken consistently like ever um god I hope I'm not like I don't end up like really needing medication someday because I will never be able to do it um that being said uh gummies were born um I think everyone enjoys a gummy here and there you know they taste good they're easy to take um they're fun they actually make you know taking adaptogens which can also have a really yucky, earthy taste to them, uh, make them really great. Um, So that's what I came up with. We have a chill gummy that is ashwagandha based. And then we have an energy gummy uh, that is green tea based. Um, Because I also have, I'm anemic. And so my energy levels love to play tricks on me. (laughs) But I also can't do like coffee caffeine and I found like green tea I didn't feel crazy jumping off the walls like didn't really spur my anxiety so you you know you gotta really be careful with what you put in your body um so yeah these formulations were literally born out of my need and I'm like other people have to have these needs as well and they do uh so that's how I created vibe gummies where are they? Where can you, are they live on your website? Do they have they a website are, of their own? Yes, they are online for right now. They're at vibegummies.com. Uh, right now we're just uh, shipping within the United States because we literally just launched like a couple weeks ago. So brand new little baby girl. Um, 
but yeah, and Vibe Gummies on Inst- it's Vibe dot gummies on Instagram and then Vibe Gummies on TikTok as well. So yeah, I'm just like really excited, my new baby. Yeah, congratulations, Jess. Thanks. It's really one. It's so cool when you build a business and that business is helping women like that you know I'm, I'm biased because I do that as well but I just yeah. think it's so epic uh one building your own business and then being a leader you know to to women and helping them live their you know best healthiest coolest lives uh is such cool work and then you know it's another another layer or another level when you think about like we just uh we're talking about before we press record creating mm-hmm. a product you know a product and all the things that go into that product and birthing yeah. a new baby into the world it's not easy so I just want to say congratulations uh, thank you and, you know go you Go you. <laughs> this is it's hard stuff. It's hard, like growing and creating a business. It's hard, like so. I just I'm proud of you. Thank you. Yeah, I mean it's tough, but I guess I just don't know what else to do with my time in life. <laughs> I guess I just love it. I just I am addicted to the hard stuff now. I guess definitely not shying away from the hard stuff. We can't, I always tell my women that we've always got to lean into that. Wherever you feel the friction or the hard, that's Mm -hmm. like, that's it. Go, go towards. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, Like there's a reason why, you know, when it's a little bit sticky, there's some work to be done there. Yeah. Go towards the sticky and get stuck for a while. (laughs) Totally. And then unstick yourself. Yes, it was an absolute pleasure having you on the podcast. Thank you. Thanks. That was awesome. Warrior Woman, thanks so much for listening to this episode. If you haven't, please give the podcast some love by subscribing now. And if you enjoyed this episode, please rate it and share it with another Warrior Woman. Also, if you want to go crazy, I'd love if you wrote a review for the Warrior School podcast. And also share and tag me with your biggest takeaways for the episode on the gram. Okay, Warrior Woman, have a great week in training. Bye for now.